Hello and welcome, everyone, to Good Old Rocky Talk, a Vol Society podcast. I'm your host, Brad, here with my partners, the Davids. We're glad you're listening wherever you are. This is Good Old Rocky Talk. Welcome back to another episode of Good Old Rocky Talk. Hello, everyone. This is your host and founder, Brad Frank, here with both my partners this week, David Dees, David Morrison. How we doing, guys? Good evening, Brad. Uh, doing pretty well uh, as we are now into November, my friend. Yes, sir. Yeah, doing good, Brad. Glad to be back with you guys this week. Hate I had to miss last week. No problem. It's good to have you back. It's good to have my th- the three amigos back at it. Well, listen, guys, I said last week I'm hoping I could come on the air after last week's episode and I could say 9-0. and oh. That's not going to happen. We're 8-1, and one, as we know. Unfortunately, we didn't take care of business down in Georgia. But, hey, that's okay. You know, we can't win them all. But unfortunately, yes, we did lose last Saturday to Georgia. 27 to 13. Gosh, guys, I don't know. I've been a little down this week. I shouldn't be down too hard because no one even, I mean, who would have even thought we'd be where we are today, right? Like, but are you guys like me just a little down? I mean, we've been on such a high lately, you know? You said it with a high. I mean, it's just been momentum building since week one of this season with each big win and they keep winning and they keep winning and it was so unexpected and so out of left field and so you're you're riding this wave of momentum heading into last Saturday and it came crashing down uh just by how poorly the team played you know it was just dominated from start to finish by Georgia and uh that was a hard hard pill to swallow the season's not over there's a lot to play for but Man, it's going to do us some good to see them get back on the field and, and 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 play well again this Saturday because that's hard going going all that momentum and then you you lose like that. This week's been rough, been licking our wounds over here. So uh, I, I anticipate the team will will bounce back this week. But yeah, it's been a rough week. Yeah, it has, and you know, yeah, we it's been like such a high this season and then all of a sudden it was just like crash it was like a crash when that clock hit zero it's like wow I talked myself into thinking that nobody could stop our offense and then to see someone finally do it uh it hurt kind of kind of jarring what I will say this it was a rough environment uh that was the biggest thing I was surprised about is just how poorly Tennessee handled that noise and that, that that crowd on Saturday. So oh many they have eight eight or nine pre snap penalties and yep. just you could tell from start to finish, not only was there a talent gap out there, but just how bad they they, they handled the, the noise and, and the atmosphere in the moment. And uh I, I didn't expect that. That was surprising. I talked myself into thinking this team wasn't gonna be able to be denied. They were gonna handle any environment well and, you know, just wasn't the case on Saturday. No, it was not. Morrison, what are, what are your thoughts, man? We haven't heard from you yet. We're recording this show the night of the Country Music Awards, and if I may quote uh, a song from Tim McGraw, how bad do you want it? 
I think Georgia wanted this game more badly than us. I know more badly is terrible English, but better than, than what we wanted. Kind of like we really wanted to beat Alabama so bad a few weeks ago, and I think us going into the game, we had a lot of confidence, and we knew Georgia was going to be a tough opponent. But, um, yeah, just going down there, we just ran into a bandsaw, to be exact, and, you know, the Georgia crowd really played uh, a big factor on us. I mean, what, what we had like eight uh, pre-snap penalties just like totally throw our offensive game I mean, It's out really of unacceptable to have that. That's one thing that blew my mind. I, it was driving me nuts. Yeah, I, I mean, too. And, you know, I didn't think like the crowd – I thought the crowd noise would play a little bit of a factor, but I was thinking, well, we use hand signals – we get signals from the sideline. I figured everybody knows the offense and be ready, but it felt like most of that was whenever we were audibling uh, or Henry Hooker made a change in the plays. And then you just see guys just doing silly mistakes, jumping off side, you know, jumping off sides. We had a couple of receivers took off running before the ball was snapped. And yeah, it was just totally uh, unexcusable what we kind of saw. And uh, I just thought, you know, Georgia took advantage of it and, I don't want to say we look scared at times, but we definitely, you know, look intimidated uh, throughout most of the game. Well, uh, yeah, and, you know, we didn't play well, and I will say, yeah, the crowd factor, I think, threw us all for a loop. I don't think any of us seen that happening to the extent that it was. Um, But, you know, I'm man enough to admit it. You know, Georgia was the better team, buddy, Saturday night. I'm going to tell you that right now. They came out and just kicked our tail. Um, I understand that we didn't play – we we certainly didn't play our best ball, but they, they they definitely were the better team. I do think on a neutral neutral site, neutral field, whatever you want to call it, um, a different day, different field, I think that game – you know, hopefully we get to do that again with them. Um, I think that game goes a little bit different because it was it was a challenge playing at their home turf. It really was. I think if Tennessee gets to see them again in the playoffs, it would be a much different ball game. Not to say that it wouldn't be the same outcome and Georgia wouldn't win again, but Closer, I think though. Tennessee would have a, yeah. a definitely a better uh, showing the next I, time around. They would have to because I, I got to tell you, we we man, we we played bad. We just well, couldn't this, do Georgia, anything. Georgia, Georgia's gotten to sleepwalk through their entire schedule. Yep. And they finally had a team that they got to get up for. And I think that they were just ready for it. You know, Tennessee's been going through a gauntlet all year. Not to make excuses, but just it's different when you're the when you're the the talent that Georgia has, they're able to go out there and sleepwalk and beat pretty much anybody because their margin for error is so much higher because of the talent they have. Well, this week they got into it and and you know, as soon as that number one went by Tennessee's name last Tuesday night. Uh, you know, I think it was just over then. I think Georgia was, was going to come out and win that ball game after seeing what happened on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. One good thing that I believe is going to come out of this, just from speaking, you know, we're all athletes. At some point of our life, we were athletes, <laughs> I should say. What I would say is that kind of a beat down right there, especially when you're on such a high and you're playing at, at an elite level, and then all of a sudden you get slapped in the face like that. It kind of, I mean, for me, I know it does for these guys. It has to. It kind of wakes them up. And I think these guys got a wake-up call. 
last Saturday, and I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see those guys, and this has already happened probably this week, probably the day, the, day, uh, the moment they got on the bus, they started <laughs> realizing this. But I think these guys said, hey, wow, okay. That didn't feel good at all. And I think they looked each other in the eye and they said, it's time to get back to work. They're going to fix what happened. And I think they're going to come out the rest of the year and just kick some tail. I think it opened their eyes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Missouri, you know, they're going to go, you know, they're going to play Missouri Saturday. And I think, I hope I'm right on this. I think they're going to kick their tail. And I think they're going to kick South Carolina's tail. And they're going to definitely kick Vanderbilt's tail. But I think they're going to be ready to rock from here on out. I think, you know, honestly, I think there's good to this. That loss we had. Say that again. I think you're right. Yeah. That loss that we that beat down we got is gonna is gonna do us some good. Anyways, I'll say this too. If you anybody catch the uh if anybody caught the uh Josh Heupel press conference on Monday, I actually did a post about this afterwards. Went viral again. By the way, our uh our Facebook page continues to grow, guys. God, we love you guys, man. If you're not following us on our Facebook page, Vol Society, please look us up. I think we gained another thousand followers just in the past week. I mean, it's unreal. It's unreal. What's going on? Thank there? you all. Yeah. I mean, you guys are just unreal. But this post went viral. I took basically a screenshot of Hypel's uh, press conference, and and the one thing that stuck out to me, and I got to tell you. You know, he, he, his press conference wasn't that long. I don't know if it was 10, 15 minutes or whatever it was, but the one thing that just really got me goosebumps, and I believe everything he said. When he said this, man, I could just feel it. He said, listen, you know, basically he talked about the Georgia loss. It didn't feel good, but you know what? These guys, we're, we're going to be ready. You know, we're, we're going to improve. We're going to get better. You know, the standard talk. But then at the end of the press conference, there's about a minute left. He said, I'm going to tell you what, guys. There's no doubt in my mind that we're in the beginning stages of what this program is going to be. God. Guys, I'm telling you. Big, bold statement. And I believe him 100%, Morrison. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think Josh Heupel is a great visionary. Uh, You look at coaches that will say stuff like that, and, and even past coaches we've had, Never lived up to the the hype, no pun intended. But I think Josh Heupel, and I mentioned this on Ball Society Live, you know, I think he sees what's in the horizon. He sees the forest through the trees and, every, you know, all the cliches you want to throw out there. He knows where he wants to take Tennessee football in the future, and that is to hoist a national championship, whether it's this year or sometime down the road. That's the ultimate goal for Josh Heupel. And I believe he has the confidence in whatever players he have, whatever team he has, he wants to host that big gold football uh, in January of whatever year it might be. God, it could be this year. Who knows? Not, I mean, it's pro- not likely probably. But to even say that it's possible, it's crazy. Year two under Heupel. I refuse to let that Georgia loss make me feel like this team can't win a championship, though. They still can. It's all Absolutely. right there in front of them. It's all right there in front of them. We just said we think Georgia, if they played again, it would be a, a better game. Yeah. Tennessee would be more prepared a second time around. You get them on a neutral field. 
I'm not willing to go there yet and say that they're they're not going to win. I'm not saying they are, but I mean, you know, because I felt that this week. I was like, hey, yeah. man, after getting your ass kicked like that, it's like, man, do I really think this team still has what it takes? Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon that yet. I think they still do. I think they got a, a great chance if they get in. That's not crazy to think that. These it's not crazy at all. You look at Bama and Georgia last year, you know, Bama beat Georgia the first time around in the SEC championship game. Georgia gets in and they return the favor in the playoffs, you know, in the championship. So yeah. It could happen. Who knows? That's true. Well, let's do a quick recap of this horrendous game that we lost to. I got to get over that. It's not a big deal. We're going to move. We're moving on. We're still in it, and we're going to talk about that a little later in the podcast. We're still in this, guys. Well, let's talk about some of the stats real quick. Hooker, Morrison, you can explain more on this if you want. I'm just going to go through some of the basics, though. Hooker was, what, 23 of 33. I think he had 195, just under 200 yards. Zero touchdowns. Man, that was hard to see. And one interception. Not his best night, right, Morrison? No, not at all. I mean, you know, I will give credit to Kirby Smart and this Georgia, uh, this Georgia team. They really limited uh, Hinton Hooker throughout this entire game. You mentioned the twenty-three for thirty-three hundred ninety-five yards, that one interception. Uh, you know, no touchdowns. I mean, even running the ball, eighteen carries, seventeen yards, and a lot of that was sacks. He he got sacked several times in the game. Uh, yeah, he did. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, just the offense was just just totally out of sync all night, including Hendon Hooker. Um, I thought in the second half he did somewhat better, but still, you know, once you it felt like every time we got a drive going and like okay, we can kind of get back into it. And we got a late touchdown uh, in the game, but when we got in towards the red zone, you know, a sack, pre snap penalty, uh, just totally threw us in a loop and just never could recover from it. Um, we just couldn't get anything going. No. All night. It was frustrating, you know? Yeah. You know, then you had, let's see, Jalen Wright. I think he led the team, right? And and carry, let's see, he had 21 carries, what, six, just under 70 yards. He did have the one, one touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's good. You no, know, so Jalen Wright continues to be pretty solid for us. He had a decent game. He's all right. As long as he holds on to the football. You got to hold on to the ball. Then our receiving core, man, let's see. It's Tillman, seven receptions, 68 yards. Second behind him, Hyatt, six receptions, 63 yards. They're fairly similar there. And then I think uh, Brew was our third guy, six receptions for just 38 yards. I don't know, man. Uh Looked obvious to me out in the field with all those talented defensive players. Cedric Tillman was by far our most talented receiver. He he looked when you when you project to the NFL, he projects as the number one receiver. Yeah, no question, no question. Defense, oh gosh, couldn't do too much. Who uh, was it? Juwan Mitchell? Did he lead us? David Morrison? I think I'm pretty sure he had the most tackles. Yeah, he had eight total tackles, five uh, solo tackles. Yeah. Uh, one of them went for a loss. Uh, kind of about all the stats that was. No sacks though, right? We didn't. Did anyone on the team get a sack? 
I don't think so. No, no sacks. Uh, <sighs> Jeremy Banks, I'll give a shout-out to him. He he let, he was second in the team in tackles that night, seven tackles. Uh, yeah. One, uh, one and a half tackles was for a loss. He also had a pass deflection. Yeah. I mean, just overall, there's not much to really – there's not too much to really brag about. Unpacked. It was just – no. Not not really a great night for us. And you know what? It happens. We're not going to sit here and mope about it, all right, guys? No. We're going to move on. We have a great team. We've lost one game. God, we're, we're in great shape. All right? Let's move on from this. I mean, who would have thought, you know, here we are on November the 9th, and we're going to, of course, the podcast will drop on the 10th. You know, we're sitting here at 8-1. and one. Back in the preseason – you know, who would have thought we would be eight and one going into November? Not a lot of people had us that. A lot no. of people thought, you know, seven, eight, nine. I know, Brad, you said 10 wins, uh, and that was a big time ceiling. Uh, but now, you know, here we are. Like I said, in the college football playoff discussion, yeah, we're on the outside, but we got a great shot of still getting in, and you got three winnable games in the season. And no matter what happens the rest of the season, you're going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I mean, that's a great success for Josh Heifel. And I think Josh Heifel uh, is definitely in a contention to win National Coach of the Year. Hinton Hooker is definitely going to go to New York for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, whether he wins it or not is still up for debate. You're going to have three All-Americans on this team, uh, a countless number of All-SEC performers. I mean, this is going to go down, no matter what the rest of the season is, one of the greatest uh, Tennessee football seasons in history. Well, no question. There's a lot to be proud of, and we still have a lot of football to play. So let's move on, all right? Um, what did we learn this past week in college football? Well, the two things, I'm, I'm going to start this, guys, because i got to tell you, I went Saturday after that Tennessee game to really sad, down and out, mopey and just god just i don't know still love my vols but you know a little the competitor in me was a little down about it right gosh though let me tell you a few hours later me going down and then all of a sudden boom i'm back baby and why is that because we learned that bama and clemson go down Whoa! And that just made my night. Okay? The Bama game was a little bit of... Hey, and I will say this. You go back a podcast or two. Did I not say... I said, guys, I'm not saying Bama's going to get beat, but you watch LSU, they're going to play them tough. That's going to be a closer game than you think. And then Clemson, these... Myself, Morrison, we've said this all along. They got exposed, folks. They did not even deserve to be in that top five, four, let alone four. Yeah, they've they've been frauds all year. Fraud. Total fraud. And it and they got exposed. We I there was not a doubt in my mind they were gonna get beaten that game. We called it, we talked about it offline. So that was great to see, but then, but then when Bama, right, when Bama gets beat, it's like, oh my gosh, guys, we're in this thing. We're in this thing, all right. 
So that's what I learned. And then the, the last thing I learned is we, as of yesterday, the new uh, CFP ranks came out. Not too surprising there, but we got George. You know, we, we were number one. That's all right. Georgia's one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU in that fourth spot, and then Tennessee just barely out of it at number five. What do you guys want to discuss? What do you learn? Anything else this weekend, guys? No, I mean, this is pretty much a uh, Tennessee fans after the loss to Georgia pretty much got a gift right afterwards with Clemson going down and Alabama going down. I mean, that just... Santa like came Santa. early. Yeah, exactly. Santa Claus came early and delivered a big-time present for the Big Orange. And right now, like I said, and we knew going into the playoff rankings release show that we would probably be out of that top five. But, you know, to borrow Jimmy Dykes, March Madness playing that he always does towards the end of the year, you know, we're still in first class, uh, to be honest with you. We're still in first class. We maybe uh, I don't see us falling back to – coach anytime soon uh we're, we're still in great position uh and like i said just pretty much just got to go ahead and win out and you know this weekend i think we're going to be big uh texas and washington fans uh like i said oregon who's behind oh, yeah. us at eight and one both of us have losses to georgia but the big difference is one team only lost to georgia by 14 the other lost by 40 points so i think you can figure out which one that is and yeah. one did it on a neutral site, and the other did it on the road. That's right. Bingo. <clears throat> and yeah, go ahead, Dees. I was just going to say, um, I'm sure we'll get to the the playoff rankings a little later, but uh, the other takeaways for me, those are the big ones, obviously Clemson and Alabama going down. But I was surprised at how lackluster those two top tier Big Ten schools looked on Saturday. Ohio State struggled up for four quarters with Northwestern, ended up winning yeah, they twenty-one-seven. Did. And then you had weather Michigan, was I think now the weather tied. did. Yeah, the weather was a little crazy. I will say that, but at the end of the day, it was still that was interesting. Did you see the weather? It, it was yeah, nuts. It, was, it, it wasn't great, but still twenty-one-seven against Northwestern. I was like, come on, that's and true. Then, and then you got Michigan, who was I think tied at halftime with Rutgers. Uh, ended up pulling away in the second half and won. Crazy. But, uh, just, They're not that good. Know. They're not that I, good. If you're going to see them up there in these top two or three spots in the playoff poll, you got to look better than that, right? Uh, if you're watching from an SEC school whose team's been ran through a gauntlet in their schedule this year, and you look up yeah. there and they, they don't play anybody all year, and then they're struggling to beat these little lower-tier Big Ten schools, uh, you know, I'm not obviously impressed with Ohio I, State or Michigan. Listen, I agree, but then it can, you can make the argument that, you know, Missouri almost beat Georgia four points and then they come out and kick our tail so big I don't difference know. though georgia's blown out oregon and they got a win over tennessee ohio state and michigan don't have those marquee wins ohio state's best win was notre dame and i don't even know who michigan's best yeah. win is they have two terrible strength of schedules um you know it's just a cakewalk for them all year until they I see get each it. other yeah now i get it i get it mm. you guys ready to go to the mailbag section Let's do it. I love our mailbag section. This is where we get to hear from you, the fans. If it wasn't for our fans, we wouldn't be here today. So thank you guys for following us again. Uh, Facebook, follow us on Vol Society. You can find us. Just type in Vol Society there. YouTube, 
youtube.com slash vol society. That's where you're going to catch a lot of our videos and uh, all that good stuff. We have a lot of good uh, content on there. Twitter, twitter.com slash, and this is backwards, so it's twitter.com slash society vol. Okay? So please follow us if you're not already doing so. And all of our followers that are already out there with us, we love you and thank you. All right, let's go to our first question from Warren C. from Oneida, Tennessee. Home of the Indians. There you go. Do you think Tennessee will make the playoffs assuming they win out? Well, we were just talking about that just a few moments ago. Warren, thank you for the question. I know that's on everyone's mind right now. Hey, and I want to start this off. Dee's actually sent me this in a text uh, earlier this week, and I actually posted this on our Facebook page. It got a lot of reactions, and I, I, want, to, I want to discuss it real quick with everyone. Uh, first of all, Warren, the short answer is absolutely I do. Um, and then second, according now listen to this. According to the ES, ESPN FPI, Tennessee's chances to make playoffs went from 48.7% in week eight to 51.4% in week nine. <laughs> now listen, guys, to 63.2% in week 10. And then guess what? Last week, we go from 63.2% to 60 in week 11. It went up. Do I think we have a chance? Absolutely. Hey, guys, to our listening fans, enlighten them, please, if they don't know. Why did it go up? I would assume it's because of who's lost. Bingo. Um, Clemson goes down. Alabama goes down. Uh, yes, know, the path gets a little clearer when some of these undefeated teams start losing and, and Alabama that's right. picked up their second loss. That's right. So, yeah, uh, great question, Warren. I ho- hopefully that stat uh, says something to you. I mean, it really did open my eyes. I, and David Dees, I appreciate you finding that and sending me that uh, this week. I thought that was an incredible stat to see, and it really just put things in pers- uh, to perspective. Um, but I love those odds. That's great. Um so, yeah, let's move on to our next question, guys. Um, actually, do you guys, I didn't even give you guys a chance to talk about it. Morrison, Dees, do you have anything else? I, I feel like I just nailed that question. I didn't even need to get your responses. But I want to be fair. <laughs> do you guys have anything you want to add to that? Do you think we have a chance? Just to give a little more context. Yes, I think Tennessee will make it if they win out. I will caution, though, this committee – is as you saw with the rankings this week, it's very up in the air. It's very, they can change from week to week what they value and what they say that they took into consideration. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust these people. Right. So obviously you got to take care of business when the rest of your games. And then I still think Tennessee to make it a sure thing is going to need some help. Uh, I, I, one scenario that I caution you with, I caution you with the PAC 12 championship winner whether that's Oregon or whether that's USC. Both those teams currently have one loss each. They still have some tough games left. They have to play – I know Oregon plays Utah. They have to play Washington. USC still has to play uh, a couple of hard teams. I don't have their schedule in front of me. But when they get to the Pac-12 championship, um, 
if either of those have one loss, you'd better be rooting for them to lose that championship game. Yeah. Obviously, another scenario, obviously, is if TCU goes undefeated. If they go undefeated, they deserve to be in. They've got some quality opponents left. They play Texas this week. They play Baylor next week, and then they still have Iowa State. And then they would have to win a Big 12 championship game. So you want TCU to lose. I'm concerned about the Pac-12 winner being a team that could knock us out. And also, what do they do with Ohio State-Michigan? Assuming that they're still undefeated when they play each other, I think if Ohio State beats Michigan, Tennessee will clearly move in front of Michigan and we'll, we'll have one of those spots. If Michigan beats Ohio State in a close game, I caution you there, watch out for this committee trying to stick two Big Ten teams into the Final Four. And so yeah. you could potentially have a scenario where it's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and then possibly a Pac-12 school. I, I think it's a long shot of happening, but that would be like a worst-case scenario that would make me feel like Tennessee could get left out. Yeah, it's possible. Thank you, uh, David. That's uh, hmm. Those are interesting scenarios, and all could happen. Yeah. That's for sure. Morrison, and I ahead. think the other thing we need to probably do is Tennessee uh, put up some style points. We just got to go out there and just curb stomp these next three oh, yeah. opponents. Um, because we we just talked about Ohio State struggled with Northwestern, who's one and seven. Yeah, they played in some really bad weather. Michigan went up to Rutgers. I think it was very foggy up in there. Uh, but you know, if you're Tennessee, you don't need to just kind of squeak out wins with uh Mizzou and South Carolina. You need to go out there and just put up a dominating performance the next three weeks, get some style points, and maybe the committee can still look at us, but. I agree everything D says, you know, we got a bit, you know, we got to have to be, especially this weekend, big Washington fans and big Texas fans. And then whoever else they play the rest of their schedule, just kind of root for them. And uh, hopefully if Oregon does go to the Pac-12 championship, you know, root for whoever they're facing. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and call it here, guys. Uh, Everyone listening, mark this down. Your founder, Brad, just called this game, all right? Texas beats TCU this weekend. Okay? Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to get beat this week. That's all I want to say about that. You heard it here. David Dees, thank you for backing that up. I'll say this also. You don't want – because Tennessee's not playing for the SEC championship. In years past where these one-loss SEC teams have gotten in, it's because they've been in the SEC championship most times and they lost. But they, they were undefeated going in, so they still let them in. Tennessee's not playing for it this year. So if you've got a one-loss Tennessee team up against a one-loss Oregon team who won their Pac-12 championship, I think they'll use that against Tennessee and they'll leverage Oregon in. And that's okay if if Tennessee's going to be the fourth team in. That's fine. But you don't want to be left out with that fifth spot. So I don't know. There's There's still some landmines out there. Like Morrison said, go out, take care of business, put up some style points, and uh, see what happens. Yeah, if TC if TCU gets beat Saturday next week, is Tennessee in that four spot? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay, let's go to our next question. Craig H from Franklin, Tennessee. Craig asks on Facebook, "Do you think Hendon Hooker still has a shot at the Heisman?" It's a good question. I mean, I certainly think he does. Uh, Morrison, I think you want to answer this. Go for it. I still think he will head to New York as a finalist. 
Um, it just like I said, I think what he needs to do the next three weeks is just go out and just put up some out of this world numbers. And you look at probably some of the closest competitions that might hurt him. Look at Bo Nix at Oregon, who's now just playing the best ball he's played in his college run. Uh, you got to hope that he slips up along the way. And then same thing with C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. Um, you know, you got to, you know, if you're a Tennessee fan, you're probably just hoping he slips up and just let Hendon Hooker still go out there and play what he's been playing the first eight weeks, put up maybe even more numbers, maybe 300, 400 yards passing, get four touchdowns. Still, I, I feel confident about that turnover number, still two interceptions. After nine games, I mean, that's great. That's better than a lot of quarterbacks out there that's starting at these Power 5 schools. Uh, you know, that's just, like I said, he's just going to have to go out there and just put up some crazy numbers, and then hopefully, like a Bo Nix can slip up a C.J. Stroud. You're probably going to have some late bloomer college football player that we're not talking about that may go up to the forefront and still get into New York. Uh, but, you know... It's going to, like I said, Tennessee doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't have too many big games where Hinton Hooker can get uh, to the top, but I still think he'll get to New York and unfortunately may have to let it up to the voters' hands. But he's going to have to put some crazy numbers. What do you think, Dees? I agree with Morrison. I think he's still got a chance. Unfortunately, you can't unsee what you saw on Saturday, right? He, he, uh, he, he didn't play well against Georgia. A lot of it had to do with what Georgia did. A lot of it had, had to do with his offensive line and, and the pre-snap penalties and starting behind the chains for the majority of the ball game. Uh, but there were 13 million viewers on that game Saturday, which is one of the biggest games of the year, maybe the biggest game of the year in terms of viewership. And so that's not the kind of performance you want to put out there under that kind of crowd, those that, that many eyeballs on you. So I'm sure that did not help his case in terms of winning it. I think he will absolutely be a finalist. And I think a lot of it depends on what C.J. Stroud does the rest of the way. How does he look against Michigan? When he's in a big moment, does he play well? If he does, he has a chance to win the Heisman that day. If he doesn't, uh, I think it's still a, a, a chance that Hooker could win it, assuming he plays well the last three games of the season. I think Bryce Young taking a second loss the other day definitely hurt his chances. Uh, so I, I don't think Hooker's that concerned about it, but I think if he goes out there and plays well these last three games, he'll definitely be a finalist and still have a really good chance of winning. All right, there you go. I agree with all that. He's definitely going. He's definitely going to New York. Will he win it? That Georgia game, man. I don't know, man. It's, it's almost like you wish you could flip when those games occurred, right? You wish you could move the yeah. Alabama game to this last week and move the Georgia game yeah. back to October because if this was the lasting impression he had was the game against Alabama and going head-to-head with Bryce Young, I would say it's a no-brainer. That guy won the Heisman that day. But yeah. I'm afraid he may be victim of playing that game a little too early in the schedule. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree with that. We'll see what happens. Proud of Hooker regardless. He's definitely going to go to New York, and you know what? Maybe he'll win it. You never know. See what happens. I, I loved his leadership on Saturday. Have you guys seen the video that's kind of gone around of them on the sidelines right before the game, uh, final seconds come off the clock? He's got his guys rallied around him in a huddle, and he's just 
he's bleeding. He's in the middle of them, talking to them, encouraging them. And I, I can imagine what was said. But uh, it's just nice to see a quarterback take the reins and you see the guys respect him the way they do as they listen to him and, and follow him. So I, I can I can assure you there's nobody you'd rather have a quarterback rallying your troops uh, for the last stand here of the season than, than Hendon Hooker. Yeah, he's a great dude. Really great young man. Written a few books, even. I don't know if you guys know that. I think he wrote a children's book. And then he he also wrote a, uh, I think I'm going to buy this. It's on Amazon, I believe. He wrote a, um, like a spiritual type thing for athletes. Like a devotional type thing. I'm going to look, uh, I'll find that and, and, and post that, guys. But I meant to mention that to you uh, the other day. I saw it on Amazon, I believe. And um, he's just a solid guy. I'm going to miss him too after this year. All right, let's move on. Let's go to our last question, guys. Carol S. Carol S. from Cosby, Tennessee. Thank you, Carol, for uh, submitting a question to us. Oh, it looks like we're we're moving to a different topic here, real quick. That's all right, Carol. She says thoughts on the basketball team so far. I love it. There you go, Carol. It's basketball season now. Yeah. It's officially basketball season. That's a good question, Carol. Let's talk about it. It's the end of our uh, show anyways. Why not? We're we're in all sports school, right? We can can celebrate all sports. That's right. Unfortunately, the Lady Vols went down last night. But we'll we'll talk about the men. That's a little more encouraging. Well, real quick, while you're mentioning it, yeah, that was a disappointing loss. You know, they uh, Lady Vols played Ohio State at Ohio State last night, first game of the season. Uh, they were winning most of that game, and and they just couldn't finish. I mean, that's that's kind of disappointing, right, guys? Struggle with turnovers. Uh, just really had some a lot of mistakes. Just a yep. lot of mistakes. Stuff that they'll clean up, I'm sure. But uh, I know Kelly Harper wasn't happy and. You know, you got to applaud them for going out on the road and playing a ranked opponent this early in the season. So many, right. especially in women's basketball, so many teams just play a bunch of cupcakes early in the year and play them at home. Uh, but yeah, not the results they wanted, but I'm sure they'll learn from it and it'll serve them well as the season goes on. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get better. But yeah, that was disappointing to see. Now, uh, in regards to the men, you know, they, they're 1 0. They played the other night. Who they play? Uh, was it Tennessee Tech? Tennessee, Tennessee right? Tech. Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee Tech. Yeah, Tennessee Tech uh, Ryan was at the game. What's that? I was saying our buddy Ryan Hughes was at the game. Uh, oh, who was on the podcast? The uh, yeah. Yes. Shout out Ryan. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan. I'm sure he had a great time. That's uh, you know, that's something I want to try to get to this year, uh, this season. Haven't been, uh, you know, this as we all know from the podcast. If you're if you're listening, my first football game in many many years back in Neyland happened at uh, with the Florida game. And I said to myself, I'm going to make uh, make it happen. I want to go to a basketball game this year. So uh, I'll let you know when that is. But maybe we'll round up Vol Society crew and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy a basketball game. Um, but they played Tennessee Tech the other night and great win, 1-0. Who led the team? I, I feel like I don't know all this, but um, I was watching the game. It looked like Key. Uh, was it Tyreek? Tyreek Key, transfer uh, from Indiana State, yeah. originally from Salina, Tennessee. There, that's right. I feel like he led the team in points. Is that am I right or wrong on that? He certainly did. He okay. had he had seventeen, and he okay. was he was uh, good game, good game. 
four of eight from three point range. The guy can shoot and, and yeah. is a scorer, just a pure scorer. They've not had a pure scorer like him in quite a while over there. Yes. What is he? Is he a senior? I'm not sure if he's a junior or a senior. I tried to look that up. He's a transfer from Indiana State. I think he's and a senior. I don't senior. know with with a COVID year. I don't know if he can come okay. back or if this is it. I'm not. You know, it's all confusing now. It's not as straightforward okay. as it used to be. But yeah. he's we'll look into senior. He is listed as a senior. Okay. And then, oh my man, all of our man, uh, Zakai Ziegler, man, I love this. I love this kid, man. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna wa- you're gonna love watching some Tennessee basketball this year, man. With that guy on the court. Uh, what do you have? He, he couldn't he have had had 12 too points, much less. 12, five yeah. assists. Yeah. Yeah. He had a decent game. Not bad at all. And then, uh, Ves- uh, Vescovy, what? Nine points, 10 points, something like that. They're shooting a ton of, of three pointers. Well, yeah. okay. Now I did look this up. They were 14 of 44 <laughs> for three pointers. And they only made three, I think, in the first half or something I, like that. Second half, they shot it a whole say. lot better. Yeah. They shot a whole lot better, but that first half was very bad. Uh, apparently, this is what they're going to do this year. Uh, they're going to okay. live and die by the three. And, you know, unfortunately, that can get you beat some nights. But, well, I was uh, going to say, I hope that doesn't hurt them certain games, but, you know. Maybe they'll evolve as the season goes along. They've certainly got some post-play. Uh, that they can use to balance it out. But I think they just plan on being a team that lives out on the perimeter this year. Okay. And uh, I will say this. I don't know if many people know. I don't think we addressed it on the podcast. They, of course, did an exhibition game yes. uh, two weeks ago against the team that's favored number one in the country coming in the preseason, Gonzaga. They played them in Texas. It was on pay-per-view. And Tennessee won that game 99-80. to 80, uh, yeah. Or 98-98-80. Yes. And so they, they really got after Gonzaga. And I know that wasn't a regular season game, and, and you can say whatever and draw whatever conclusions you want from that. But I think a lot of people are impressed with the way Tennessee looked in that game. And um, I've seen a lot of people say that they think they have what it takes talent-wise to make a deep run into the tournament this year. Yeah, Tennessee's got a uh, – kind of looking at their schedule the rest of the month. they got some pretty big games coming up. They play Colorado – on Sunday, November the 13th in Nashville, that concludes the three-year contract we have with uh, Colorado. We played the first year in Knoxville. Last year played in Colorado. Now we wrap it up in Nashville. Wednesday night, we play Florida Gulf Coast, who just upset USC Monday night. And then we play in the Battle for Atlantis tournament down in the Bahamas. And Butler's in that tournament. Butler's our first-round opponent. I think Kansas is also in that tournament. So we're going to really see some tough matchups, but this is a good resume builder early on for Tennessee uh, into November. And then December, you get uh, Maryland and Brooklyn in the Hall of Fame game. Arizona, we play at Arizona. Uh, You get Texas in the Big 12 Challenge and, of course, you know, your typical SEC schedule. And uh, we play Kentucky coming up on January the 14th. Uh, in Knoxville, and that's the same day we will retire Chris Lofton's jersey. So shout out to Chris Lofton and congratulations. Yeah. I think he's only like the fifth men's player to have his jersey retired at the University of Tennessee. It's a very rare company for him. So maybe I need to come into that game. That would be what awesome. day is that game? Good luck getting a ticket. I think they're already like three hundred bucks. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. it's, uh, that, that Colorado genuine. game is this Sunday at two o'clock on ESPN, so you can watch from home. Interesting thing, though, that day 
the Titans are also playing the Broncos. So I, I wonder if there's going to be many people that uh, head over uh, that are Bronco fans that are in town. We'll see. Colorado is yeah. fr- discussed as a fringe possible NCAA tournament team this year. So it'll be a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a good quality opponent early in the season for Tennessee. What day and what time is that game? Sunday? That Sunday. is this Sunday. Two it's o'clock. at 2 o'clock, and the uh, Titans game is at 12 o'clock Nashville time. So, God bless you people that are driving in Nashville on that Sunday. You're going to be stuck in a lot of traffic, <laughs> yeah. especially getting down through Broadway. <laughs> mm. Yeah, definitely. But I think yeah. we're going to have a lot of fun this season. Basketball yeah. season is going to yeah. be fantastic. It was fun last year, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun this year. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to it. Solid, it's going to be a solid season. It, it, one thing you know with Rick Barnes teams, they're always going to play good enough defense to be in every game they play yeah. for the most part. So That's if right. the shots are falling, you, you maybe you, you get some big wins. And they won by 32 the other night against Tennessee Tech. Their yeah. offense in that first half looked kind of disjointed. It's early in the year, right? Uh, and, and another note, Josiah Jordan-James did play in that game. He came in off the bench. He had off-season knee surgery he's recovering from, so it may take him a little while into the season to get to get truly going into form. But uh, a lot of guys back and a lot of new faces as well. So a lot to look forward to. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Carol, thanks for asking the question. Uh, we look forward to basketball season. It's uh, I know we're, we're, we've been talking, and, and as we should, it's been a great football season. But, man, basketball's here as well, and we're going to do a lot with the basketball season this year. It's going to be a fun time, so thank you for that. Uh, final segment, guys. Let's move on to our final segment. All right, let's talk about the, uh, the game coming up. Tennessee versus Missouri this Saturday. David Morrison, what time is that kickoff? It is a 12 noon Eastern time kickoff on CBS. And good news, we do not get, I mean, we like Brad Nessler, but we don't get Brad and Gary for this game. We get Tom McCartney and Rick Neuheisel on the call uh, for Saturday. All right. Brad and Gary are calling Bama Ole Miss. There you go. So we have a noon kickoff, CBS. CBS. Missouri. Mm -hmm. And it's my birthday Saturday, so I will be. Look at that. Yeah. Hopefully we get a nice big win for your birthday, Morrison. Happy early nice. birthday, buddy. Thank you. Are you what are you doing? Are you celebrating? Are you doing anything? Yeah. Uh, I'm going up there with dad uh on uh Saturday. Going to the game, that's right. Yep, we're go- well, I will be there. Of course I'll be posting stuff for Vol Society, but uh celebrating birthday and then later on that evening come back well, we're gonna hold you to it you just said it on the podcast so you better be you better give us some good content on vol society all right yep we'll do. fantastic well that's gonna be a fun time morrison uh yeah real quickly let's just talk about the missouri game real quick i don't have too much to say except uh i expect a nice big win i don't i'm not too worried about this team. and In fact, I'm not worried at all about this team. I, I expect us to go out and take care of business, especially after a loss like last week. I think coach uh, coaches are going to have these guys ready to come out and, and knock some heads. So uh, I anticipate a really, uh, a really aggressive game, and we're going to put up a lot of points. That's what I'm thinking so far. Uh, Morrison, Dees, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I expect this to be a – coming out game for Tennessee, putting up a lot of points. Uh, 
you know, the, like I said, I want to see this Tennessee team playing with a little bit of anger in their in their play, come out and be aggressive. Uh, like I said, we're taking on a, a Missouri team that's playing probably their best ball this year. Uh, they got a good defense, but I want to see this Tennessee team kind of had that same mentality of, you know, when you play Alabama the week after a loss, they just go out and just run you over. I want to see this same Tennessee team do that. It's also senior day, so you got a lot of players that's been through three coaches. Uh, I want to see them go out and play their final game at Neyland Stadium on a high note and just uh, go out there and just, like I said, just dominate and get a big win for the crowd. Tease? Yeah, I agree. Not not a whole lot to add. I just uh, last home game of the year, so I, I hope they go out and enjoy it and put up a lot of points. And I hope we get out of the game healthy. From this point on, it's just take care of business and win, and get out of the game healthy. I like it. All right, let's go to our score predictions, and then we're uh, then we're out of here. Score predictions for Saturday, guys. Let's start with David Morrison. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I think, as I mentioned, this is going to be a dominating performance for Tennessee. I expect them to play a little bit of fire in their belly, want to go out there, prove they're still a playoff-caliber-worthy team. I'm going to go Tennessee 52, Missouri 21. All right. David Dees, I see you smiling over there. What do you got? I'm I'm assuming it's something very close. I have 52 to 20. I had fifty-two to twenty. So God, that is so funny. I'll, I'll mix it up then. Let me change it. I'll say fifty-five to twenty. How's that? Okay. I'll throw a Chase McGrath field goal in there. There you go. Well, for once, I'm a little different than you guys. I'm going three to zero. Tennis. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now I've got Tennessee forty-five, Missouri twenty-four. That's what I'm going with. 45-24. I'll take any of those. Oh, absolutely. Any of those we'll take. All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, it's been a great show again. It's hard to come on here after a loss, but I'm going to tell you guys, I, I, I still believe in this team. I love everything we're doing. I love Coach Hypo. I love these players. There's a lot to look forward to. And, hey, it's not over yet. Just remember that. Guys, it's uh, been a great show. We want to thank everyone for listening. Let's go out there and dominate Missouri this week. And let's come back here next week excited. And hopefully we can say the Tennessee Volunteers are in that number four spot. Because like I said, I said TCU is going to get beat. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Have a great evening. And as always, go 